Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to Sunday Take for March 3rd, 2024. I'm your host, Blois Olson. Well, it was quite a week behind us. Uh, Still thinking about uh, tragedy of uh, two weeks ago today and this past week, the memorial service of the fallen heroes in Burnsville Um, and the weight that that carries on our community and on our state. I feel like it it was around and present in most of the meetings and conversations throughout the week. But as we look ahead and look at the budget forecast, which was the other big news of the week, we'll walk through kind of what the budget means and the forecast means to this session and to future sessions in the first segment. I'll do some walkthrough math on that and some of the other big projects that the state is facing. Then we'll check in with Mary LaHammer from TPT. And then, of course, The Take. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. So I'd hope to have somebody on from management and budget to walk through the budget forecast that came out earlier this week, but it didn't work out. And so I thought I'd just share kind of where the math of the forecast is and what it means this year and in future years. February's forecast came in as a $3.7 billion surplus in the next two years. So that brings us to July of 20. 25. Uh, and, um, and that's when the next budget would, would, would kick in that $3.7 billion surplus is a $1.3 billion increase from November. And about 3 billion of that comes from the rainy day fund. So there's higher projections for corporate and personal income tax that is what made up the bulk of that surplus. So taxes, people are making more money. They're paying more than was projected. That is good news for the state. Um, but now, as you look to that next biennium, the next budget cycle, if it continues, we do have a structural imbalance. However, because of that surplus, the governor and the legislature could hold some of that surplus to fill the projected gap uh, in the next budget cycle. And that budget debate will happen a year from now. And so um, as much as we think about this in the future, it's like knowing that you're going to have to recalculate everything a year from now. Uh, but the dynamics of that surplus are, are interesting in that there's a lot of pressure for more spending. School districts want some more money. Minneapolis and St. Paul have massive deficits. The teachers union wants money to fill an extra pension period for some teachers who have been teaching for a long time. There's money that is wanted for housing programs, etc. So the Sources tell me that the governor is expected to put out his budget uh, the week of the 18th, right around the 18th of March. 
I've been told to expect a very conservative budget. And I think that's where the pressure will take hold for everyone to understand just what the spending is, where it's at, and what it means. Um, There's going to be a lot of pressure from Republicans that if they're going to vote for the budget, they're going to want to see some sort of tax relief, some sort of kickback on spending in order to vote for the bonding bill. The increased surplus also means that the bonding bill can get bigger this year. And Democrats need Republican votes if they want to borrow money. Now, they can pay cash for some capital projects, but that wouldn't necessarily look great. And optics are something Democrats are definitely thinking about. And I think more so than they were a year ago, Democrats are really thinking about the optics of the spending, the optics of the taxes, the optics of which projects are there. Because while it's early, we're not sure if there is a big theme for the statewide campaign and um, one way or another. We'll talk to Mary LaHammer about that, but my sense is that, you know, Republicans are going to want some bonding projects in their district and Democrats are going to want to um, prove that they, you know, still got a lot done. But that dynamic of proving they got a lot done within the caucuses is going to be a challenge. So let's kind of keep an eye on that. Um, But the sky is not falling with the state budget. Democrats will make sure that people know it's strong. And that, frankly, puts them in a little bit of an advantage on the budget going forward. Now, Republicans are going to run on one expensive Minnesota. They're going to run on the idea that, you know, there should have been more tax relief. There should have been more tax rebates. But the reality is how many Minnesotans would have gotten more money? How many Minnesotans are upset? It's probably the same 40 to 45 percent that weren't going to vote for Tim Walls anyways or Democrats. And so. Uh, This doesn't seem to be as big of an issue going into the election. One new big issue uh, that I think could be uh, significant is the projection that came out this week that the blue line, this is a new rail line between downtown and the northern suburbs, could cost more than $3 billion dollars. Now, let's just pause for a sec. So that's another $3 billion on a transit system. After the Southwest Transit project is over budget, over time, and has been a challenge. I think that as these projects keep coming, there may be some more sensitivities to this. There may be some um, pieces that people are upset about. And the way in which people use transit, our ability to manage transit, to make sure that transit is safe, should all be questioned. It should all be questioned in a big way. Um, And we shouldn't just think because we build it, it will work, or because we build it, um, it will function in a healthy way. We don't know that. We really, really don't. The last topic that continues to be talked about and it frankly is talked about in every other um, topic meeting that I'm in right now is the labor market and the labor dynamics of the state 
And I hope to have the state demographer on and some labor experts on in the future weeks, because earlier this week, Governor Walls kicked off the Explore Minnesota, Let's Recruit People to Minnesota ad campaign. And let's be clear, I still think Minnesota has many compelling reasons to be here. Okay, so this is not me saying everybody's going to leave Minnesota. um, But the kicker is going to be how do we get people, workers to move here? Last year, Minnesota had net migration of increased 22,000 people. That's better than losing people. But just to put it in perspective, that is the state of Texas had 400,000 people. And so the idea that we had, you know, 5% of Texas move here when at every turn we hear about the number of jobs. So how does this tie to the legislature? Well, we've heard proposals recently about paying navigators for truancy money, We've heard about needing to pay EMS and paramedics more to keep them here or recruit them into the field. We've heard this about teachers. We've heard this about nurses. We've heard this about police officers. I want to break some news or just level set here. And this is one of the things that I just want everybody to understand. We're not going to suddenly wave a magic wand and have hundreds of thousands of people show up in Minnesota. Now, do we have to market the state? Do we have to do that? Yes. And that's what the state launched this week. Minnesota is a top 10 state in healthcare, economic opportunity, parks, raise a family, home ownership, active, happy, best place to live and work, number four, vibrant arts committee. So, we do have a lot to offer and yet are people going to move here for jobs? Weather has obviously always been a piece of this, but I'm beginning to think that housing prices, cost of living, taxes are going to remain a challenge. Notice in those nine areas where we're in the top 10, education, public education wasn't there. It's an area we've slipped. And I think it's one of the things that did recruit and retain citizens for a long time, residents. And so as we look ahead, combine the budget forecast with the need for more workers, which will pay taxes and have jobs and contribute to housing prices, and a stable economy. As my friend Evan Ramstead says, we need growth. We need growth to ensure that we have economic vitality going forward. And it can't just be in the Twin Cities. It has to be throughout the state. Of course, Rochester is booming and Duluth is doing really well. And Moorhead is the you know, stepsister to, to Fargo's growth. And Mankato has been growing. But we need to diversify that growth because the workers that are needed in greater Minnesota are different than the workers that are needed in the Twin Cities. And let's just say, I believe we need a much more aggressive approach. So we'll wait and see. But I know the governor believes that childcare and some other issues 
that lower the cost or make it easier will attract families. We'll wait and see. But we don't have a decade to wait. We have three to five years to wait to see if we can be as economically competitive as we were before. I want to say that again. For decades, Minnesota has been a very economically competitive state. We can remain economically competitive, but we should be striving to be economically competitive in every way possible, the way we have been historically. So that's how you start to link the budget to growth to some of these projects we're going to have to pick. And I'd just say that it's a multifaceted, complex strategy that the state is going to have to figure out if we're going to remain as strong and vibrant as a state as we've been. When we come back, Mary LaHammer from TPT, we're going to check in on the session and go from there. I'm Blois Olson. This is Sunday Take. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, we're only three weeks into the session, but I thought it was a good time to check in with TPT's Mary LaHammer because they're moving fast. We had a budget forecast, and there's still this what's really going to happen at the Capitol this year with a small surplus bonding needs and an election year. My friend, Mary LaHammer joins me now. How are you, Mary? I'm good. Although yeah, I am tired. This was supposed to be a boring, short, simple bonding session. It's kind of anything, but I think. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. And this is the inside baseball that I think listeners kind of like is, you know, what are they going to get done this session? What are the dynamics Uh, It is a bonding session. We got the surplus this week, and there's a lot of pressure on leadership to do a lot of things. There's a lot of pressure from Republicans to try to undo some things from last year. But the way and and the Senate Dems have a new leader and and, you know, the kind of the veteran who's going to manage probably most of it is Speaker Hortman. Let's just start with um, bonding, which will be at the end. And so. What do you, what's your sense? Do Republicans think that they actually have leverage on bonding and they can get some stuff done? Definitely. Yeah. So far, the, the House Minority Leader, Lisa Damoth, has kind of been flexing and saying, you know, if we do a bonding bill, because of course, there really isn't enough cash. Democrats can again threaten to do a cash bonding bill. But really, if they want to do almost a billion, because now the new economic forecast allows that number to go up to 980, it was at 830. So now they're creeping up on another possibly billion dollar bonding bill. 
Democrats need Republican votes in both chambers, both minorities. And last year, it was Senate Republicans who leaned in hard and negotiated to get some nursing home funding. This year, we're seeing Minority Leader Damus, you know, kind of already be tough on the negotiating and routinely saying, we'll see. We don't have a caucus position if we do a bonding bill. But you're right. It's always the last thing out. And I'd say let's look for House Republicans to get something just like Senate Republicans got something last time. Well, and House Republicans are on the ballot and they want to be able to point to projects and there's certain things that are important. Um, one of the things that is is interesting, A, it's not a budget year, but there's kind of these shiny object issues, as I always call them, from end of life issues to you know sports betting, which full disclosure I'm working on. But um, the shiny object issues keep coming up and some of them are going to need bipartisan votes. Even the SRO issue is going to probably need bipartisan votes. They take a lot of energy and a lot of motion at the Capitol and a lot of, you know, attention, but there doesn't seem to be a path for anything that's clear. Other than school resource officers, at least in the House, they have buttoned that up. They're getting unanimous votes out of committee Monday afternoon. That compromise will be on the floor. But again, the Senate, they're not up. They can play this one differently. Uh, the Senator Duckworth, Republican lead on that, has you know been saying, remember, this is a bicameral legislature and include the Senate in your deal, too. So I think that is the one thing that seems to have some clarity and looks like it will get through and needs that bipartisan support. But I would not, pardon the pun, you know, put any money on sports betting, end of life. I don't know what's going to happen with either of those. No, uh, and I think that there there are a lot of other policy discussions from um, permitting agriculture, the environment, climate, things like that. Housing, yeah. Housing, housing. is a big policy bipartisan bill. Yeah. And one of the pieces there is the policy side. The other is the budget side. And, you know, the can the legislature walk and chew gum on policy when they have a little bit of a surplus that they're going to want to spend, too? Absolutely. I was just diving through the details of the school resource officer bill. Guess what? There's some money in it. There's some new dollars for training for law enforcement. I think with the growing surplus, it does give lawmakers a little bit of an opportunity. You know, $3.7 billion, a little more than a billion they were planning on in the November forecast. So there is a little bit of money, but then we're one of those rare states, and the governor keeps pointing this out, that we're one of the few states that projects into the out years and the out years could get rough on paper. There is a possibility of a projected structural shortfall, which Democrats won't call a deficit. And Republicans are saying, well, if it's got a negative, I think that's a deficit. So even the schematics on what a surplus is, what a shortfall is, what a deficit is, is now debatable. Yeah. Okay. So now look at Legislative timeline. One of the things that is clear, especially in the House, Speaker Hortman is burning legislative days. Mm -hmm. And that's not something we talk about a lot. I do. I love to geek out on that, actually. No, I know. But but we don't talk about it publicly a lot. Right. right? right. Like like the, the, the public doesn't follow that. So so give why would Speaker Hortman want to burn days uh, this year in your mind? Yeah, let me give you the context because we've both been around forever. I remember years ago, Roger Moe, Steve Swingham in leadership. 
I was counting legislative days. The Constitution limits how many days they can be on the floor, which is a legislative day. And I remember telling Swigum and Mo back in the day, you know, you're scheduled to run out of days. And they said, we are. Oh, like they weren't even tracking it. And that was shocking to me that they ran up against it. Just like that bonding bill we talked about. It's a negotiation piece. How many days do you have left to be on the floor? I've had House and Senate leadership on Almanac at the Capitol the last couple of weeks and off camera, I whispered to one of those leaders, are you going to run out of legislative days? And a minority leader gave me a wink and a nod. They're watching it. They think it's possible. Well, and one of the thoughts is that there's various dynamics within the DFL caucus, also dynamics between Democrats and Republicans, all House members being up. The Democrat leadership doesn't want to create a lot of divisive issues within their own caucus at the end of the session um, or look like they're going to get some stuff done and then let some activist groups down. And Republicans are basically like, well, if we can run out of days, then we can maybe hold back some policy that we don't um, we don't care for. And then that's the House. Yep. The Senate, obviously, Democrats have a one seat uh, majority and their caucus has had this rule that they all have to agree on something before it advances to the floor or if they have a position on it. And this just seems messy at the end. And um, and I wonder if it might be one of those sessions that you get to the end and and people look around and they're like, we didn't really do anything. And and there's some people that are happy with that. And some people are pretty upset with that. Yeah, I think that's completely possible. But the House still has to pass some things that maybe can't even get through the Senate. You know, next week, there's a rally on gun control. The House has been moving some smaller additional gun control bills. We're all thinking about law enforcement and weapons and what's safe and what's not right now with the passing of the first responders. So that's really renewed interest and push. And the lobbyists are still pushing for some more things. The House is moving them. The Senate's always been a little more conservative, a little more difficult on those kinds of issues. So it'll be interesting to see if the House just passes some things to make their constituents, their activist groups happy, and the Senate really can't do it and don't have to do it because they're not on the ballot like the House. All right. You said uh, before that uh, on Friday you were at a meeting about the Capitol Mall. We've talked about the state office building. We obviously had the Capitol renovation, the new Senate wait, what? There's another project? Yeah, this is kind of my niche in the world after covering for 10 years the top to bottom renovation of the state capitol. And now we have the expansion happening right now, the state office building. And I've been reporting on this for a while. I don't know if people are noticing, but today, yeah, to this past Friday, the the Capitol Board passed a plan that could be anywhere from $5 million to $30 million to completely change how we see the Capitol Mall. A new visitor center, a thousand trees, there could be cafes, gathering spaces. Some of the schematics look very, very different and folks are excited about it. And we'll see what the public says. Just like the flag, <laughs> this board, <laughs> bipartisan board, is seeking public info on this public reaction for the next 30 days. I'll make sure we have uh, uh, something on that uh, this week in the newsletter too. Um, okay. Speaking of the flag, you brought it up. I've been avoiding talking about it. Is it, is it a done deal? Do Republicans get one more chance to mess this up or, or confuse people or put it to a vote? What happens with the flag this session? Yeah. So it doesn't technically have to pass like a bill. It is just a report that gets submitted 
technically the legislature could reject it. There's no way Democrats are going to reject it. They like it. It's become polarized. Republicans have a minority report. They're flying and wearing the old flag. So it's become divisive, almost like everything these days. I thought this was the one thing people were going to come together. They were so excited, so engaged. And this, too, got partisan. Well, we both saw the KSTP poll where it said 50 percent want the old flag, 25 percent want the new flag and 25 percent want to start over. It's the 25 percent that want to start over that worry me, because if I if we have to cover this for another year or two, that would be a lot of wasted energy on covering a flag. Oh, come on. It was great civic engagement. I really liked that part of it before it got partisan. It was um, a tedious process that felt like a corporate retreat where you put post-it notes uh, on on boards and then nobody ever follows up on what people are actually thinking. But yeah, uh, I digress. Um, Mary, uh, as we wrap here, um, it's an election year for the house. Uh, the idea is, you know, Republicans need four seats to take control, three seats to tie. Um, are there, are there, how do they feel about candidate recruitment on both sides? How do they feel about, um, uh, the prospects for Republicans to take back the house? Republicans are feeling pretty confident. They're already running on the messaging of, you know, we want a safe, sane state is what they say. Too many taxes, too much crime. They kind of ran on that, though, two years ago. And remember that one issue that came out of nowhere? Reproductive choice, abortion derailed all of that for Republicans. Now Democrats are saying in vitro fertilization is the new abortion issue. The governor talked about he how he was personally affected by it. Democrats are talking about reproductive freedom still being on the ballot and still being a good issue for them. No, I think it is. I think uh, that's the case. But one of the things just to be mindful of is these legislative races are very local. And, you know, they should look... be. But I don't know if they were two years ago. No, I, think I don't a know. Big national issue. Yeah. But there's no local. But there's not going to be. I mean, there'll be a big national presidential race. Minnesota will play. But but I, I think one of the things I'm hearing from House members is that um, they're really feeling like their constituents are a tuned out of the presidential race and therefore maybe more tuned into what's happening locally or what's happening at the state this year. Maybe it used to be that way. Minnesota right. used to be able to localize races. And then within the last decade or so, we've really seen a nationalization of everything from mayoral seats, school board, legislature. It has really trickled down. Um, the other thing is one, to, one last thing is to understand is this IVF um, issue it also does seem to be bipartisan, unlike abortion in the way it goes. But do you think Democrats can still make it a, a partisan issue? I think they're definitely trying. I don't know if it works in Minnesota, but they're going to try because it keeps what has been a winning issue for them on the ballot in discussions. The governor just launched a new ad campaign trying to recruit people to Minnesota. And it's, yeah, also come see our educated, great quality of life, but also a place where you get a choose who you love, choose who you marry, choose how you handle your body and won't ban yeah. books. He's out there recruiting people to move here based on that. He is. And and the real test is going to be if they can get some net migration here. Uh, you brought him up, the governor. Uh, he's been on national trips the last two weeks. He was in D.C. last weekend. He was in California the week before. 
how much is he going to be in the state this year? During session, he needs he needs something to get done. He needs to help Democrats keep control. One party control is a lot easier for him than divided government. So I think he leans in to try and keep that trifecta or the hat trick as soccer hockey people should say. It'd be better if it's just a hat trick. All right, Mary, thanks for checking in. We'll talk uh, down the road at the session. Thanks, boys. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. We'll be right back. Welcome to this week's take here on News Talk 830 WCCO. You know, the take this week is just meant to highlight and alert Minnesotans without being overly critical, but being mindful that Governor Tim Walls is now a national figure. And His profile continues to rise. Last week, he co-chaired the president's committee and council on governors. He is the Democratic Governors Association chair. He was in D.C. for a few days, and he had official meetings there, which is legitimate and real as a governor. But I'm guessing he had other political meetings there, too, which Republicans would do as well. Remember when Michelle Bachman and Tim Pawlenty ran for president and they were in Iowa a lot? And we started to see before they did that, that they were traveling across the country in their current roles, respectively, as Bachman was a member of Congress and Pawlenty was governor. So by no means am I suggesting that Tim Walz should not travel. But last weekend he was in D.C. and the weekend before, He was in California. The California trip was a political trip. And that's okay. It is natural. Our senators and our representatives all travel the country. Tom Emmer was recently in California for a fundraiser too, where he reportedly raised money at the venture capital firm of Andresen and Horowitz maybe to the tune of $200,000. Emmer's been a big advocate on crypto and not overly regulating crypto in America. So this is not to take anything away from anything Tim Walls is doing. It is only to alert Minnesotans that Tim Walls may not be completely focused on just Minnesota. And one of the things that is fascinating is that after last year's budget, after all the things they passed, one of the things that people within the walls world say is that they really want to make sure that the rollout of the agenda and the plan goes as smoothly as possible. That if state government isn't operating right, then that's going to fall on the governor. Well, we we should highlight a couple places where they are having some challenges, and it has to do with the Department of Revenue. First and foremost, the rollout of the rebate checks has been clunky. They sent them out. A lot of people didn't cash them. They sent them out again. Some other people didn't cash them, and now they've had to send them out for a third time. A logistical nightmare. So forget whether or not you wanted more money back. It's not been easy. Then take the fact that 
many people feel like their tax refunds from filing are going slow. Businesses who are owed refunds from a year or more ago, nine months, haven't gotten them yet either. Then you pivot to the Office of Cannabis and the hire there and how it didn't go well for the governor. I say this all against the backdrop that this governor is very popular. In fact, polls that I have seen, legitimate polls from Survey USA at KSTP to a morning consult poll, show that the governor has a over 50% approval rate. And in fact, in the KSTP poll, he's as popular as Senator Amy Klobuchar. So his detractors can poke at him and they can try to needle him. And he will probably get upset. But the reality is that Tim Walls is working on a political future, which could in turn mean running for a third term, which could in turn mean something higher on the national stage. But the real place to watch is how state government functions as he does that. Because state government is looking for employees just like businesses. All these new programs, task force, initiatives are going to make it more complicated to navigate state government for citizens and business. And ultimately, as the CEO, Governor Walls is responsible for the operation of state government. And so I'll just say this. Keep an eye on how state government runs while Tim Walls runs. I'm not raising any alarm bells. I'm not critical of the governor. I'm simply saying keep an eye on it because if it doesn't go well, it will impact his chances for a third term and then potentially his chances of a national stage. And if it goes well, it'll help his chances for a third term and it'll help his chances for a place on the national stage. That's what I'm watching. One of the hundreds and things that we watch. Follow us all week at the newsletters, fluence-newsletters.com. We'll be with Vanita Monday through Thursday at 620 as she's back from spring training. I hope you've enjoyed this beautiful weekend. I'm out. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.